everybody and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined as always by Allison Letha. Al, how are you and your new kitty doing? We're doing good. He's playing with my feet at the moment, but hopefully he'll get tired and go away. <laughs> well, hopefully he won't go away uh, for very long. We, we love little Loki. Uh, we're joined by a very special guest as well, Mr. Tony Harris. You might know him as Low Rule Legend. Tony, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, speaking of kitty, I always have my cat, whenever I work at my computer desk during the day, climb up in my lap. So she's staring at me a little crazy right now. Um, but I'm doing Aww. really good. Oh, per- okay. So all three of us here have uh, have cats that interrupt us while we're trying to record. This should be a excellent episode, I think. <laughs> um, for anybody that doesn't know Tony, Tony uh, is is actually uh, one of the one of the big helps that we have behind the scenes of the Champions Cast. We got a lot of uh, cool stuff coming down the pipe that we're going to be trying to do with the podcast. And also, he runs a YouTube channel as well. Tony, you want to tell everyone where they can find that and uh, a little bit about it? Sure, yeah. Uh, my name is Tony. I go by Low Roll Legend on YouTube. I started about, probably about a year ago from now, just your typical Zelda coverage um, speculation. I love to cover Zelda news, and there's nothing I like more than just, you know, predictions and hoping that the next Zelda game is going to come. So I, I typically do that on YouTube, and um, you should definitely come check me out. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and... Uh, stand-up guy uh and so we're, we're happy to have you on here pal it's feel, it feels like it's been a long time coming yeah i definitely agree i've been listening to andy you like three times a week and you know al for a while now on this show for a long time so i feel like i know you all you know more than <laughs> even when we first started working on this uh, podcast behind the scenes you said that and i actually shuddered at the prospect of listening to myself three times a week <laughs> Um, Okay, so we've got a good show for you guys today. Uh, Zelda Dungeon ran an article about a month ago, and it was called We Asked Our Staff What One Specific Change They Want to See in Breath of the Wild 2. So we're going to be running down that list and talking about some of the changes, and uh, we asked Tony to uh, think of a change that he wants as well. But before we get there, we have to give a very special shout-out and thank you to uh, everybody that turned up for last night's Black Lives Matter stream, uh, we raised, we shattered our donation goal. We had a donation goal of 250 bucks. Now uh, we ended up raising $750 and went straight to the NAACP Empowerment Fund. Uh, we had a lot of fun. It was a long stream, but it, it was uh, such a such an uplifting turnout and event for for me personally. I was telling Allison I was a little bit worried. We had some negative comments uh leading up to this but the the actual event i think was was so awesome a lot of positivity a lot of uh, awareness raised and i just couldn't be happier with how it went so i just wanted to give a shout out to everyone and actually specifically allison because allison worked her butt off to put that together so thank you Al. thank you uh, that was it was a lot of fun and like you said i was kind of worried too but it was like it was incredible like within the first hour it was already our goal was already broken and uh, to like build on that i'm leaving that uh donation open for a week so hopefully we can share it around and maybe raise a little bit more before we send it their way absolutely and that uh if you want to check the archive of that stream uh that's over on zelda dungeons twitch channel we ranked literally every single zelda game ever we ranked remakes all three hyrule warriors spinoffs uh tingle games cdi games 
We even had some some dark sider analysis from the one, the only Mossy Segopian. So you can go and check that out over on uh, ZD's Twitch page. And uh, you know, like Allison said, donations are open still. They're going to be open for the rest of the week. So if you uh, if you can, then uh, please consider donating. And if you can't, that's okay too. But uh, maybe just give it uh, give it a share. So with that being said, let's get into uh, today's topic. It's all about Breath of the Wild 2. Tony, you were talking about Zelda news, and uh, it seems like we've been cursed for some Zelda news. Um, I, I would have expected to see it at E3 if E3 happened, but we all know that that is not the case. So we were left to do what we do best, and that is speculate. So we tasked all the writers at Zelda Dungeon to think of one change that they wanted Breath of the Wild 2 to implement, but... We put the caveat in there that this can't be a lame, predictable change. So, you know, I think generally speaking, a lot of people were like, oh, well, the story wasn't very good. So we want a better story or the the Divine Beasts weren't great dungeons. So we want traditional dungeons or even I heard some people say like the music wasn't as memorable. So we want better music. We didn't allow those kind of generic changes to be included in the list. We we challenged our writers to focus uh, and dig a little bit deeper to, to pull out something truly unique so with that caveat being stated let's go down the list and uh and start with the first uh change that was um i was proposed which was give non-playable characters some agency and basically the gist of this is uh this was from rod lloyd and he suggested that the characters in the world basically exist around link none of them have kind of their own patterns or their own daily routines um, they basically just exist to talk to Link and react to what Link is doing. So I actually totally agree with this one. Um, this is something that I feel like Majora's Mask did very, very well. Each character had like its own schedule, its own routine. Um, Breath of the Wild, I actually, I don't feel like it was as bad as Rod made it out to be, but I, I do think that there are some times where, you know, they're just, they're just kind of there to obviously serve whatever purpose Link is doing. So that, I actually agree with this one. What do you think, Al? I I think I don't understand the co- concept quite well, but from from what I've heard from Mossy's, like he is like in depth playing this game where he literally follows every character around to get their schedule for the day and what they say. And a lot of the stuff is recycled per character. I can see like maybe certain characters having more agency, but like I like that that there's like there's people and things in this world that don't have anything to do with you because, like, I don't know, it makes it feel more real to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think with Breath of the Wild, there is a, a lot of non-playable characters that kind of have recycled um, patterns and they don't do much. Uh, I do really like the way Breath of the Wild uh, implemented some of the side quests. Now those do revolve around Link, but, like, creating Terrytown and in Kakariko Village, you know, when the shrine orb was stolen. Those those changing around, those non-playable characters were great. I do hope we get that expanded upon in Breath of the Wild 2, where even if the characters aren't necessarily interacting with Link, they still have a lot of personality. Um, it, it's nice to run across someone out in the wild and they're being attacked by um an enemy but you know maybe we can expand on that a little more and maybe we find some people fishing and 
you know, just oh, that would yeah, be just cool. just some expand on it a little bit because I think Breath of the Wild took the right step. It just can definitely be improved upon. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, to me, I always kind of come back to like I think Majora's Mask is the perfect example of like each character has their own motivation. Like they have they have things that they have to do in their in their day, right? So like um, seeing and and they do that whether Link shows up or not. Like you can see. Uh, the postman, for example, going around and he's delivering mail, he's training at home, and he's going to do that whether Link interacts with him or not. So, like, when you see the postman, it's really more so about, like, you interacting with him on his terms rather than him standing around waiting for you to interact with him, which I think is the difference that Rod is trying to get at. So I think that Breath of the Wild didn't do as as poor of a job as that, but I would like to see mm-hmm. that expanded uh, a little bit further. Um, so let's move on to the next one here which uh, comes from Charles, and he says more details on Calamity Ganon's origins. I have a lot of thoughts on this, but Tony, maybe I'll let you go first to see if you agree with what Charles is saying or not here. Totally. So I do, with the first game, We there's a lot to left to be desired on Calamity Ganon, specifically on his arise and what he's doing for 100 years besides just circling around, you know, Hyrule Castle. Um I actually want it to be more expanded upon Ganondorf or like his rise now. Um, it, as you know, hinted at in the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, it looks like we're going to get more of a traditional Ganondorf. I would like to see a little bit of the past because, you know, it, it's it's nice to know how they got there, but I want some more current uh, happening right now development with Ganon or Ganondorf. Mm-hmm. Yep, Allison, kinda... uh, go ahead before before I start going off here. <laughs> okay, I kind of see. So, from what I understand of the story, it is stated that Ganondorf shed the malice, his hatred, because he was just tired of losing in a human body, and he just became this thing. And I kind of feel like the malice, quote unquote, is the curse of demise. That's like the embodiment of the curse. So it's not just a person, Ganondorf, or Ganon, or whatever, that Demise is like, you know, he said, I'm going to follow you forever with my hatred. It's the it's the malice. So I kind of understand that, Clam- in, my, in my opinion, I kind of understand that Calamity Ganon is just the curse. So I would love for that to be expanded on and for my theory to be proven right. I think that would be really cool. And then obviously I think we're going to see that Malice probably return to Ganondorf in Breath of the Wild 2. And I don't know, maybe something new will happen. Who knows? Okay, so, you know, as you lay that out, I, I don't think that that's a bad theory or a bad suggestion. However, they make absolutely no attempt to tell you any of that in Breath of the Wild, like, at all. I remember when Breath of the Wild came out, I was, like, really touchy about wanting to avoid spoilers and stuff like that. And as I finished the game, I realized to myself, there are no spoilers. Like, there's not a single spoiler in this game. You, perhaps, maybe that the champions have died, but, like, you don't know what Calamity Ganon is, you don't know who's controlling it, you don't know what it is, you don't know where it came from, you just know that it's there and it's bad. Um, and they don't, they don't do anything with that the entire game. And I'm hoping that Breath of the Wild 2 can kind of retcon this and make breath of the wild even better in hindsight if charles wouldn't have already picked this this actually would have been my specific pick because i was so disappointed with calamity ganon um as is in this game i thought that it would be 
Like, I, I couldn't wait to figure out, like, who was controlling Calamity Ganon? What was Calamity Ganon? Like, what is this? What is this thing or whatever? And Allison, as you laid it out, like, that, like, that just kind of being the embodiment of the Demise Curse is actually pretty cool. But, like, again, it doesn't make any... It doesn't make any effort to tell you that. It's just like, here's yeah. Calamity Ganon, and it's bad, and you have to defeat it. And what is Calamity mm-hmm. Ganon? Well, doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I love that, actually. Um, and I wish, or I hope, that Breath of the Wild 2, like, really nails into, you know, the origins of Calamity Ganon. Because, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that, like, I, uh, I, I'd rather have it... Um, I guess I'd rather have this particular thing over-explained than under-explained because to me it just felt like half-baked. Yeah, I agree with that. I like having things over-explained rather than you just kind of... Like, I just kind of made that up on my own. I'm sure other people think the same, but, like, that's just all my own speculation. I didn't get that from anywhere, so... Yeah, some of... All right, let's... Most of the best... Sorry, Tony, go ahead. Oh, okay. Most of the best Zelda games always culminate to this boiling point with Ganon or Ganondorf where everything he's been doing comes to an edge and it's and it's all or nothing between him and Link. And with Breath of the Wild, one of the biggest missteps is you see all of this about Ganon in the beginning, Calamity Ganon, and then you really never touch upon that at all through the rest of the game. He's just kind of there. So you're, as long as you're out there even covering the memories, it's just um, there's there's no more further than what you see in the first 20 minutes of the game um so i i would really like to see them bring that back to where you know you make it to the castle and and ganon is this fierce being as opposed to just being like malevolent and not speaking not not expanding on any anything so i definitely want to see that return yeah i i agree actually and you know what Calamity Ganon could have, and probably still could be cool, because I think there is something to be said for, like, this powerful force of nature that you don't know exactly what it is, but, like, if you don't have the the payoff of, like, who's controlling this force of nature, it just, it doesn't feel as good to me. So, yeah, I really hope that they, that they really kind of flesh that out in Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, let's move on to Sean's pick. He says that for Breath of the Wild 2, the change that he wants to see is to bring back some classic enemies uh so we got pecoblins moblins and lazalfos all over the place in breath of the wild but we're missing skulltellas tektites redeads and a lot of other classic enemies um you know i uh i think that uh, you know i agree with it i mean obviously i wouldn't say no to this but i wasn't as um disappointed in the the enemy variety in breath of the wild as i know a lot of other people were um and it is true that you fight kind of the same you know the the same patterns of Emily of, of enemies over and over again. Uh, I said Emily because that's my sister's name and she's my enemy. Um, but yeah, so you fight the same enemies over and over again, and like they just change color. And you know what? I was mostly okay with that actually. Um, I, uh, would I like to see more enemies? Of course, but I I wouldn't like if if it was between this and some of the other ones, I wouldn't necessarily like. This wouldn't be the hill that I would die on. Um, but what do you guys think? You can go, Al. I mean, okay. I I kind of like feel the same, and I've said this in a couple of my playthroughs through Breath of the Wild. I feel like the desert is really empty, and it would have been fun to have pea hats pop up out of you, I, or pop out at you. I always found them really annoying in past games, but I think like Breath of the Wild can do them right. 
And I think Redeads would be so creepy in the in Breath of the Wild. Just like probably the creepiest of this series. And like likes. And, That'd be good. Oh yeah, like likes would be interesting too. It's just it's supposed to be this post-apocalyptic world, and I feel like the more enemies you have, the more post-apocalyptic it felt it would feel. So while it, while there are so many like camps and farms of these of these uh, enemies, I feel like if it, there was more of a variety, it would have felt more dangerous than oh, I'm just coming up on another Book of Blink camp. This is easy. Okay, okay, Tony, what you think? Yeah, I think Breath of the Wild did a pretty good job on it. There was some pretty decent. Um, enemy variation and some of the enemies we got were perfectly brought into um, modern space like Lionel's now are so intimidating and they're they're fierce and they're amazing exactly what you felt back in the 1980s with the original Lionel's um, I do I, there are a couple I would like to see return though like Deku Baba's and with all the water area we do have I would like to see Tektites more so there's a couple I'd like to see mm-hmm. return, but I do think Breath of the Wild did a pretty good job with what they added. Yep, I, I agree. So it seems like we're all kind of on the same boat here. Would be nice, but is it crucial? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I actually feel that way about this next one, too. Um, Kristen's pick was basically uh, he wanted to be able to play the prequel section um, a little bit. He called it a tutorial, but I think what he means is he wants to be able to play in the world of Hyrule before the Calamity happened. Now, I think that that would be kind of cool, but I don't know that I'd want to play during that. I, I might, like, I, I'd be okay to see flashbacks of that, but on the same hand, like, we already saw flashbacks of that in Breath of the Wild, so this one, to me, feels... Uh, this wouldn't have been my top pick for a change that I want Breath of the Wild 2 to make, especially because I feel like if you were going to have a pre-calamity high rule you should have had it in breath of the wild the, the first one so mm-hmm. uh i i kind of like the idea and the concept of this but i i would probably move away from the suggestion myself yeah i the idea is pretty neat and it would be cool to run around in a fully fleshed out high rule especially with breath of the wild being this open world it'd be nice to see some of those before the calamity happened but with with situations like that, you know everything you do ends up mattering for not. So it would be neat to explore a little bit, but everything you do ends up not mattering anyways for the current day. So this is one I could take or leave. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like this would ruin the whole amnesia that Link has. I mean, I feel like the memories that you go and find is a perfect um, amount to helping Link kind of gain back the things that he's learned. So if you have him remembering stuff that he's learned before instead of relearning the things now because he has amnesia and he doesn't remember any of it, I feel like the tutorial is more in the game than it is already. I don't, I, I don't know if that made any sense, but like, <laughs> I just feel like it would kind of ruin the fact that you're you're relearning everything all over again because he has this, because he can't remember anything. Right. You know, there actually, there is a scenario where this could be really cool, but I'm going to save that to when we get to my pick later in, the, in this list okay. here. But um, if they didn't do that one scenario, which I can't imagine they would, I feel like this is probably unnecessary. I, I wonder, actually, like, 
this would this would be an interesting game almost in and of itself like Hyrule before the calamity happened or, or something like that you if you really like really delved into the story you could make it like a an interesting maybe not a full-fledged game but like even you know how a lot of games have comics or whatever now before they before they launch i, I think that there is like some area to explore here but maybe not necessarily in breath of the wild 2 is where i wouldn't put it totally um, let's move on though this is something that I am 100% on board with. This is from uh, Allison, not Allison Aletha, but Allison Brunyi from uh, the UK. Shout out to Allison. She says she wants to be able to explore underwater. And very simple, but man, I, I totally agree with that. And do you guys remember a couple months ago when they had that, that kind of leaked screenshot of all the, the coral and the underwater um, life, basically? That mm -hmm. came out. Yeah. That looked so wicked. I would love to be able to explore underwater if there was like another, um, like a like a different kind of Zora's domain hidden underwater or something like that, or like you could explore the oceans. I think that that would be like totally wicked. It makes me wonder why they have all that there if they didn't want you to go underwater. Yeah. You know, in that image, I but I agree. Like, how how is this? How have we had so many Zelda games where you like get the iron boots and get a tunic so that you could breathe underwater, and then in Breath of the Wild, the most open world game in the series, you don't have any underwater exploration. <laughs> Maybe they're saving it. Maybe they're saving it for Breath of the Wild too. I don't know, but I I agree. I think that one hundred percent is needed for the next game because. If they're going to reuse the map in any way, they need to have some uncharted territory in there. Yeah, I, I feel like this one's probably almost inevitable. Well, I, I feel like it should be because if we're going to hopefully get some more expanded dungeons, we've got to have a damning water temple that is just way harder than it needs to be hidden in maybe the bottom of Zora's domain. And speaking of Zora's domain, how do we have a whole area full of fish-like creatures that are never underwater for real? They're all just kind of hanging out on top. So it would be really nice to have some areas you can explore underwater. I totally agree. I, I actually wonder if, um, if the presence of all of the underwater detail and the coral and stuff like that indicated that maybe they were going to include that but then just stopped because they realized maybe it wasn't feasible or they just didn't have the time for it or for whatever reason um i wonder if that was the case in breath of the wild one where it's just more along the lines of like why did they put it in because they were going to use it and then decided against it so yeah i, I feel like i agree with tony like it feels like it's an inevitability in the in the sequel because you have this this wicked open world and like really what's left to explore other than the depths of the ocean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i uh i i totally am down for that one and i i think that that is probably one of the best like i think this one has one of the highest chances of actually happening in breath of the wild too but i think that this one does too brandon says that he wants a home base for bonding and uh we we kind of have that with link's house in uh in breath of the wild one but um he he's saying that like he really wants like kind of more along the lines of like a Telma's bar or something like that, that has characters that can come in and, uh, and interact with link. You know, I, I, I'm not against this idea at all, actually, because like as cool as the house was in, in breath of the wild, um, you could customize it a little bit, but not, not a lot, not, not as much as I would have liked. I wouldn't mind a, uh, 
a kind of home base that you can decorate and make your own and stuff like that, which sounds strange coming from me since I'm not like an Animal Crossing guy at all. But I think like in small doses in Breath of the Wild 2, I'd be down for that. Yeah, I, I, I really like this about um, Link's Awakening and certain games like that where they're not necessarily designated home bases, but with Maid Village, you're always returning there and it almost feels like a, a refresher. Like you just got done with this dungeon, it's time to go back and check in and then you're not always on the go, so it's not dungeon to dungeon to dungeon. It would be nice in Breath of the Wild 2 to have something similar to that somewhere where you can always check up. And while his, while Link's house was a, a neat concept, it was completely um, optional and uh, and it was kind of off to the side of the map anyway, so you would have to kind of work to actually go back there. Mm -hmm. I can kind of see this actually happening in Breath of the Wild 2 with the new champions. Because after you defeat the Divine Beast and you go talk to one of the new champions, they just say the same thing. There's no, like, there's no growing your relationship with them. So it would be interesting as you're like trying to protect this new Hyrule without Calamity Ganon, that you've tasked these new these these people to be the newer champions and uh, go over the Divine Beasts or whatever to find a hub for them to get together and to get to know these characters a little bit better. So I can actually th see that happening. This feels like a natural evolution of Link's House to me. So this this is one that I could see definitely happening. Actually, you, you brought up the the champions. I really like that because like like you said like. You kind of, you do the Divine Beasts and then the champions kind of do their own thing. Like you see Sidon and he's just standing in Zora's domain for the rest of the game telling you how great you are. Where like, it would be cool if you had like kind of a central base where like, even if it's just like kind of, kind of half-baked, like maybe if you had the new champions, like even looking at like a map like they do in Telma's Bar and being like, okay, we're going to attack Ganondorf here or something like that. Even giving the impression that they're doing more than just like standing around. I think that that would be actually be really cool. Maybe it could be like champions headquarters or something like that. Something cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> it would be cool. Um, something maybe like Castletown or not even Castletown, but as you know, we assume they're rebuilding Hyrule in the second game, or at least that's kind of what it's implied. Like Hyrule is going to be a growing area. It would be nice as you progress the game, you're like saving people and then you're telling them, you know, come to Castletown you know, it's this nice, booming, up-and-coming town, and as the game progresses, you go back and you see all these faces of people you've saved and people you've met along the way. It would be really nice to actually show progression in the next game. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, and I think that this one is, is also, like, a very good chance of happening as well. Um, let's move on to John's pick, which is actually... A, a very 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 important uh pick here he he says that one it's not necessarily a change that he wants to see in breath of the wild 2 but one thing that the game needs to do uh, or really needs to nail is to really get down the voice of ganondorf because if that if that corpse looking looking dude is in fact ganondorf we have to assume that he has some spoken dialogue in this game so it is important that he sounds badass right like they yeah, I know a lot of people are kind of hit or miss on um, on Zelda's voice actress. I I personally thought she did a great job, but um, I I think that it is very important that they that they really nail the sound of Ganondorf because like the, the thing with Zelda and Ganondorf is these are hard roles to to really cast because everybody for I mean for thirty years um, has had their ideas of what these characters sound like in their own head. So like when you actually put a voice to them. It's very alienating for a lot of people, I find. 
So it, mm-hmm. it'll take it'll take take a special voice actor to be able to kind of pull in the menace and the the power that Ganondorf encompasses in his voice. So this is a this is a very important point point for Breath of the Wild too. I think. I yeah I agree with this completely. Like I, the one of the examples that John uses in this is Sam Witwer who did Darth Maul and uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. I. I can see where he's coming from with that, but I feel like his voice isn't deep enough. Like, it has to be a... He's a big dude. Like, he needs to have a really deep, intimidating, maybe even gravelly, because he's all corpsey and stuff, just kind of voice. (laughs) You know? It has to be... It has to feel imposing. He's got to have a corpsey voice. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know how else to explain it than that. It's just... It has to be... It has to, like intimidate me through the screen yeah. is how i feel. yeah we've gotten we've gotten a little bit of an idea on what he sounds like because we get his menacing laugh in a couple of the games um so we know mm-hmm. he's got that deeper very menacing sound and i do have a very good suggestion i, I assume a lot of you all have played god of war well the voice for kratos christopher judge very deep, very yeah. powerful voice. I've always thought he would be perfect if Ganon was ever voice acted. So I would love that, to see... That's a hell of a pick, Tony. Yeah, I would love to see him exactly, or someone who sounds just like him, be Ganondorf. You know, the only thing I worry about, and this isn't meant to disparage any of the, the voice talents in Breath of the Wild or any Nintendo games for that matter, um, but typically Nintendo doesn't go for like bigger name voice actors in their games they kind of go for unknowns uh or, or i mean let's call it like it is i think they go for like people that are cheaper than some of the like troy bakers of the world or, or any but in, in that kind of upper echelon of, of voice acting so i wonder i want that would be a perfect pick but i wonder if nintendo would would pull that trigger i hope that they would i hope they would but i i don't know about that yes this is Man, a that would be good yeah this is a translation from you know japanese to english so they probably go a little you know you've got to translate this and uh, into all these different languages so it does make sense why they would go with something a little cheaper right. um totally makes sense if they don't go for something like that but i do hope they get a voice similar to that yeah and i you know i'm sure that this game will will sell a few copies to to make their investment back if they, totally. if they do do that. So, uh, All right, let's move on. This is going to be one that's polarizing. Allison, I want you to start with this. Um, Alexandria uh, said that the change that she wants to see from Breath of the Wild 2 is to resolve the Link and Zelda romance. I know that you're not the biggest fan of Breath of the Wild Zelda. Um, tell, us, tell us your thoughts about either continuing or resolving this romance in, in the sequel. Uh... uh... I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Breath of the Wild Zelda or romance in Zelda at all, just because I feel like I feel like Nintendo's done a good job of showing these options and people get to pick and choose who they ship and stuff. But if you're just gonna like shove it at us and be like, "Yo, Link and Zelda are obviously together," I don't know if I I don't know if I want that. But hold on, I gotta interrupt I, you right there. What's your favorite Zelda okay. game? Skyward Sword. <laughs> oh. So, uh, what's the main kind of plot point of that game? That, it, you know what? It does, it... Oh, okay, I'll, just, I'm sorry, I'll let you finish, I'll let you finish. <laughs> I, I feel like they don't shove it in your face that much in that game. But anyways, I just feel that, I feel that Zelda needs a redemption for me in Breath of the Wild too. I kind of want her to be a BA. 
I want her to go around doing her own thing, kicking ass and taking names. And then maybe I'd be okay with seeing some romance. But otherwise, I just <laughs> I think she needs to uh, I think she needs to take care of herself first. And like, how do I how do I put this? She needs to go her own way. It The, the game doesn't need to be about their romance. It It should be about her, you know, being her own person, Link being his own person. I just don't think romance is the biggest deal in these games. Okay. Tony, what do you think? Well, I, I kind of, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. I I mean, we have 30 years of these games, and while it's always kind of teased at, they, they never really take that bite and put them together. And I would like to see at least one game where that romance is explored a little more than it has been. Uh, I, I think it's probably natural for most people to actually want to see it because it's always being teased in front of us. And I, I, what Skyward Sword gave us, that little tease of romance, and I would love to see that expanded upon. So uh, so I, I totally agree that Breath of the Wild Zelda n- needs some redemption, um, and it would nice to, nice to see her become her own character but i would still like to see that maybe culminate at the end with film getting together or at least kind of putting a stamp on it so the fans kind of know finally that they're together uh you know i actually i'm i'm more with tony here on this one too i and i actually i love the romance between link and zelda and skyward sword which is weird because i i don't really care for romance a whole lot either in in video games i just think it's it usually it's just like kind of like cheesy right mm-hmm. but i think that lincoln zelda in skyward sword was done perfectly and i think that it was done pretty decently in this game too and they they kind of show at the start how zelda resents link and then kind of grows to appreciate him and then maybe even grows to have affection for him but um you know i think maybe i would like to see in this new game kind of the the lingering consequences of like does Link is he still hung up on Mifa? Like was there was there more there? Um, is is Zelda still like like have some resentful feelings towards him? I, I think that there is a lot to be explored there. So maybe not like romance per se if it leads to that fine, but I think that there is a lot to explore in that complex relationship between the two. And I hope that I hope that Breath of the Wild two does do that um, because I think that it's uh, it's it's an interesting dynamic that they have. Um, and I like it a lot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm kind of. I kind of agree with you, Allison. I think that you know they should focus on themselves, but I think that you can actually do that and focus on the relationship between them at the same time. So, kind of a, a cheating answer there, but uh, I think you can do both. Yeah, I kind of had a. I I had a a thought where I kind of put myself more together. I I think what I don't like is that. Zelda is obviously very powerful in this game. I'm not going to deny that. But it took Link being injured for her to find it. And I really wish that she had found it on her own and found her own strength and found her own voice and found her own power on her own because I just, I don't, I'm not like, you know, a hardcore feminist right now, but like, I just feel like I don't like that part of the story. I don't like that it has to take your love interest being hurt for you to finally get your life together. You know what I mean? Okay. That I, might be I can, harsh and I feel I like I might that. be attacked by for that. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, um, I totally understand that as well. Although she is, you know, at the, when he's taking his hundred year slumber, she is a total BA and holding the fort down. So I know it, it does 
you know, it's kind of tough that she got that mainly because Link was injured, but you know, she's got the potential there and it would like, I would like to see it expanded upon totally without the yes, handicap I, yes, I agree with that. of Link. Right. Yes. So send your hate tweets to at Allison Aletha. Uh, <laughs> oh God, I'm going to hear let's it. Let's keep going here. Uh, this one I feel like is a slam dunk to appear in Breath of the Wild 2 and it's strange that it didn't appear in Breath of the Wild 1. Uh, David says that he wants a recipe book. Simple, easy, just a recipe book. Yes. I, you know, I, I actually, you don't, you don't have anything to keep track of recipes in Breath of the Wild, right? Not really. Not really. Like you, you, it doesn't. You make a recipe, but it doesn't tell you. Right. Like, okay, you made this recipe, so now you know the ingredients. You have to remember the ingredients. Right. Like to make it again. This one seems so obvious to me that I, I had to stop, and I was just like wait a second, this, this wasn't in Breath of the Wild, right? Because it seems like it no. just, it's, there's no way that it shouldn't be. Yeah, it is crazy that we had a game, you know, uh, Majora's Mask years ago have the Bomber's Notebook and help you keep track of progress on the side quests and whatnot, and we don't have that in Breath of the Wild. Um, specifically yeah. with all the recipes you've learned through your the different diaries laying around town and through word of mouth, uh, you, I, I know for me personally, what I always ended up doing is just going to Google and searching recipes for specific mm-hmm. stuff I needed because I never remembered. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would like to see with the recipe book too, as you're experimenting with the with the ingredients, because obviously you know which ones are going to give you strength, which ones are going to give you speed, which ones are going to give you stamina. How many of each ingredient? that you put in and you make a certain amount of time or certain amount of like you have the one, two, three um, tiers of it. I would like that to be in there too. So, you know, okay, I need three um, stamella mushrooms or whatever they're called. And like two fish to make this much stamina gauge be replenished. Yeah. It, it seems wild to me that like, there's such a detailed ledger for like your side quests and stuff like that. But like, there's no recipe book. Like I literally had to pause and be like, wait a second. He, he's just not misremembering this, right? Like, cause it just seems like something that should so obviously be in breath of the wild. Yeah. It would be nice to see maybe a little option to where if you have all of the ingredients, like when you pull the, the notebook out of the recipe book that it says craft this item or craft this um, dish, just, just to kind of streamline streamline it a little bit. But it does seem like mm-hmm. in a game like Breath of the Wild where, you know, different recipes are, are galore, that it was a big miss. And this one feels inevitable as well. You know, here, here's a little bonus change from, from Andy Spateria that he wants in Breath of the Wild too. Um, I would like to see, so in, in Canada, when you go to Tim Hortons, we have this roll up the rim thing. And uh, you can roll up the rim of your coffee and you either get a please play again or you get to win a free coffee. Now, if you get the the Tim Horton says that the chances of winning are one in six. So if you get six please play agains, you can redeem that for a free coffee because you haven't achieved your one in six. I want to see something similar in Breath of the Wild 2, by God. If I make six dubious foods, I want to redeem that for a new recipe or something like that, <laughs> just so that I stop making dubious food over and over and over again. <laughs> I, I love like it. it as well. All right, let's move on here and let's talk about uh, Heather's uh, suggestion for Breath of the Wild 2. This one feels like another slam dunk to me. She wants forgeable weapons. And I think that this is something that definitely should happen. And I think that it is um, 
again, just an inevitability. Uh, I would love to, I would love to be able to forge like really cool weapons, especially like maybe more guardian weapons. If you destroy guardians and got like different parts of them and stuff like that, you could make like, uh, geez, I don't know. I mean, the options are, are limitless. You can make like the guardian megaton hammer or something like that. This one feels <laughs> super, super likely to me um, and armor too, for that matter. And I think that uh, it's something that I would have said was too unzelda like before Breath of the Wild, but now I feel like I'm ready for this. Yeah, you get that a little bit with like the uh, ancient like chainsaw and, and some of the later items you can create. Um, but I would like to see expanded upon this even a little bit is like potentially maybe having it to where you can repair weapons or you can craft your own. Um, just simple weapons even just on the go so you're not always picking up random sticks and stuff and finding them uh, I, I would definitely like to see this one mm-hmm. I'm kind of in the same boat but I think that we should make it like kind of hard to do and then make those weapons be unbreakable because if you have to if you have to work a little bit harder to get the unbreakable weapons then I'm totally fine with that rather than you just go around picking up weapons and they just break. But if you're going to have a forgeable weapon, I wouldn't want it to break. So I'd kind of want it to be a little bit challenging to get to that point. Kind of like how the Master Sword is. Like, yeah, it loses energy, but if you work really hard, you can make it so that it has energy all the time. So I I like this idea. I just want it to be a little bit of a challenge and then have them not break. Yeah, I would. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm down with that. I would be okay with non-breakable weapons if it, if it is a task to actually get them, because I do love. I know it's a pretty hot topic on if the weapon degradation system is good or bad for Zelda, and I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I did love constantly have to having to try new um, melee systems with the different types of weapons, you know, heavy or or light, and you have spears or or hammers or boomerangs. So I would, I would definitely want to see that continue, but maybe if it, yeah, if you have these very hard to redeem weapons that are satisfying once you finally get them, I would love to see that. Yeah. I, I feel like this should almost work like um, some of the tunics that you forge, like where you need the, uh, uh, the meteor pieces or whatever they are, like the shooting stars. I, I feel like they should be that caliber of like hard to get, but once you get them, they're yours and you've put in that effort you can use them so mm-hmm. i i yeah. like that a lot actually same um okay let's move on and let's talk about doug's suggestion for breath of the wild 2 and this is kind of cool he suggests that enemy factions should hunt link um which is kind of neat because like you see you see a lot of camps of bokoblins and moblins and stuff like that but they're just kind of hiding out like they're not really doing a whole lot i think it would be kind of cool if like you know, one of the one of the great things about Breath of the Wild is like when you see a guardian and like you're like, oh my god, I have to sneak past this thing or else I'm going to be in trouble. And like, yeah, uh, sometimes you're successful, sometimes you're not. And when it finds you, it's just like, oh god, I got to get the heck out of here. I think that you could almost do the same thing if you if you saw like a roaming group of of moblins or bokoblins like on the hunt for you. It would kind of be like in Lord of the Rings when you have like the Urukai running away with like the hobbits. Like if if these dudes were hunting you, I think that that would be cool. And like. If they find you, you're you're in for one heck of a fight, uh, possibly an overwhelming fight. So I think that that would be another like way to add tension to the game. It wasn't something that I thought of, but I think that it would actually be pretty cool if used properly. I think. What do you think, Al? I is this not done with the with the Yiga? <sighs> uh, not 
I mean, I guess in I, the strictest sense it is, but like those are lame. It's only one guy that's that's hunting you, and yeah. it's, it's the same encounter over and over again. You don't really get that tension. I don't feel like. Yeah, you're just kind of like annoyed, like oh god, another Yuga popped up. Yeah. So I kind of get that. I kind of get what you're saying, like to expand on that. In the um, so in one of the champions ballot, I believe it's one when you're doing the the um, dungeon or the different levels. There are a couple levels where there are like moblins on horseback or bokoblins on horseback, and they're you know kind of chasing you down as soon as you spawn in. And I would love to see that in the main game. I, this isn't even anything I ever considered, but now I feel like I need this. It would be amazing if there's like 10 Bacoblins horseback and they're looking for you. When they see you, they just come straight at you. I know you can see them kind of like riding around one or two on a horse, but yeah, pe actually looking for you or even, you know, expand on the, um, expand on the Yiga clan. Like maybe in the next game, because of everything that happened, uh, they're they're actively hunting for Link, and that would be really cool if you just happen to be walking across a bridge and there's ten of them waiting for you. Yep, I, I think that that'd be cool too. Again, this wasn't one that I actually thought of off the top, but like when I read it, I was like, this could be uh, pretty cool. So you know, this it wouldn't be my absolute top pick, but I do think that you can replicate the the sense of danger that you get when seeing guardians with something else to maybe give it a little bit more of a kind of like diverse feel. Because I mean, uh, I don't even know if guardians are going to be in Breath of the Wild too, so we need something to kind of replace mm. that with, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, fair. Um, okay, let's uh, let's keep on going here. And let's talk about Brian's suggestion. And this is kind of interesting. And Tony, I'll get your opinion on this. He wants branching story paths. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like the idea. Um, I know you, you kind of get that a little bit in Breath of the Wild where you, you make your own story in the, in the overworld. So there's a little bit of that. But I would like to see this expanded upon where... Um, maybe there are some choices that change your potential outcomes and they're so I, I i think if done properly um that would be nice totally agree allison what do you think um i think we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago with the mass effect thing where it would try it would transfer over to the next game mm -hmm. um so yeah, I think it would be interesting, and I think that with the memories in Breath of the Wild 1, you know, if you decided not to get certain memories, then you wouldn't remember certain people in Breath of the Wild 2. I think that'd be kind of interesting, and maybe your story would be a little bit different in Breath of the Wild 2, depending on how many memories you got in Breath of the Wild 1. You know, I thought that on the surface, I would actually really be in love with this idea, but I'm, I'm, I don't know what it is. I'm just not that, like, I, I don't know if I want to see this or not, and... I think it's because, like you can, you like Tony was kind of saying, you can make a lot of your own story already in Breath of the Wild. Um, you can choose to get the memories or not. You can choose to do the Divine Beasts in any order. You can choose to do them at all if you want to. So, I, I don't know. I feel like at the end of the day, um, I, I like this concept in RPGs like Mass Effect or Chrono Trigger. But I, I feel like at the end of the day in Zelda games, like I want to defeat evil and I want to. I want to save Hyrule and I don't know what different story paths you could get that all accomplish that. Um, and I'm sure this could be done and I'm just not being imaginative, but 
Um, for me, I, I just want to, like I said, I want to defeat evil at the end of the day. I don't want to have like a, like the bad ending where Link dies if he doesn't do this. Maybe, you know, if we did um, certain objectives, we could unlock a better secret ending. That might be my my compromise here, but I don't know. I, I'm not as in love with this idea as I thought that I would be as being a big fan of like RPGs that implement this, uh, this mechanic. Yeah. We're fair enough. We're currently just wanting to have a good Ganondorf and a, and a better evolved story from the first one. I feel like they need to nail that first before they try to give us (laughs) 10 different endings. (laughs) That's fair. All right. So I know that at the top of this show, when I was laying out the rules for, uh, for our writers that we gave, uh, I said no obvious picks, but Adam kind of snuck one in here and uh, I allowed it. <laughs> so Adam says that the the change that Breath of the Wild 2 needs to make is a proper balance between ambient music and the classic like exuberant themes that Zelda is known for. This is something that I 100% agree with because Breath of the Wild does have good themes in places. I think like Hyrule Castle is really good. Uh, Monk Maz is really good. But like by and large, on the, the overworld, it's just ambient noise. And you know what? That works really well when you're playing Breath of the Wild. But like, I, I like to listen to video game music and Zelda music in particular just in the background when I'm at home on my computer or like at work or something like that. So Breath of the Wild doesn't have those tunes to me. So I, I do agree that I would like to see a little bit more emphasis on music where it counts. Like in, let's presume that they have dungeons in Breath of the Wild too. I think that they really got to nail the dungeon music. I think that the the music in like Ganondorf's tomb or wherever that is um, needs to be really wicked. And you know what? The music was wicked in the trailer, so I'm I'm already hopeful for that. Um, but I, I do think that there is value to having the ambient noises in the overworld too because it, it gives you a sense of immersion and tranquility. So I, I think that uh, for Breath of the Wild 1, they, they definitely... Yeah, it wasn't a proper cocktail. It was it was more ambient than it was exuberant. But um, I think if they can just tweak that a little bit for the sequel, I would be a happy camper. Yeah, I I guess the key word here is exuberant because I feel like every place has its theme. Like if you go into the cave, you hear the cave, cave music. Is it ambient? Yes, it is. If you go up on a snowy mountain, you're going to hear the snowy mountain music. If you go to, um, you know, the death mountain you're going to hear the the goron music so like i understand there are themes for every place and i feel like it's balanced well enough but i kind of i see though that the keyword there is exuberant so you kind of want something that's a little more like present like a little more that you you don't hear it in the background you're hearing it in the present so i get that i but i i don't i don't think it needs it i i i like the themes as they are so while I see the point, I, I'm pretty content with how Allison are. hates this pick. She doesn't like it at all. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I don't hate I've, it. I kind of agree with Al. Um, I love most. Breath of the Wild has some of my absolute favorite themes in all of Zelda. I think that the actual soundtrack is up there with some of the best. Like Rito Village and uh, Cass's theme. There's a lot I could name. Um, but they are kind of in those specific areas in breath of the wild, you're going to be spending most of your time out in the fields, you know? Um, so there are, it is more ambient. Maybe they could add those tracks in a a little more bombastic, but if we got it exactly as it was in breath of the wild, I would be perfectly okay with that. You know how it could work is, you know, when you're riding a horse and you, 
after a little while of riding the horse, you either hear like Zelda's lullaby or the main theme just kind of like thrown in there just a mm -hmm. little bit. If you could do that with like a Hyrule Field song when you're out in the Hyrule Field and you kind of hear the ambient noise and you're going for like 10 minutes and then you kind of hear some of the some of the Hyrule Field music being mixed into it, that would be cool. Mm, I agree with that. You know, I I just want to I'll I'll touch on this a little bit because I feel like I've heard a lot of people say like, well, you can't have this this immersive open world and have like bombastic kind of music because it kind of takes you out of it and i i heard at least one person tell me that and maybe it's just because i'm a big metroid fan but i actually was playing metroid prime uh not that long ago and i i really disagree with that statement because i was i was playing and i was in the fendrana drifts and like that has i would describe it as very ambient music but it's also like very listenable on its own as well and like I think that that is kind of that track in particular is an example of the kind of music that I'm hoping that Nintendo can create for Breath of the Wild 2 because it's like it's this beautiful standalone track but it totally works in the moment as well and I think that that I think that Breath of the Wild just kind of skewed more towards works in the moment rather than this beautiful standalone track so if I could tweak it just to to do that I would um, you know it's not a deal breaker by any means if if it's if the music is exactly the same in Breath of the Wild 2 I would probably be fine with that, but um, I, I hope that they can, you know, tweak it just a little bit. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's keep this going here. Let's move on. Judy has a suggestion, and uh, this is our second last one actually. So we're we're getting to the finish line here. Uh, she says that she wants travel between kingdoms. So um, specifically, uh, she wants to go between, or she she kind of mentions some of the realms outside of Hyrule. Like, uh, God, I can't believe she mentioned this. Hytopia, <laughs> um, and, and Haldrum, and Labrinia. Um, so she's saying that it would be cool to travel in between all these different kingdoms. I, I kind of agree with this, but I'll let you go first, Tony. Well, I, I don't think we need more than one, but it would be nice to maybe see another kingdom, uh, even just a little bit, just so you have something new outside of the Hyrule we already know. Maybe uh, something up north above Hyrule or Hytopia. Um, so I, I, I would like to see this expanded a little bit, you know, because it was nice when you go to Eventide Island. It's like it feels different from Hyrule um, and it was just a small island. I would like to see that on a bigger scale, but I, I don't need multiple like four different um, kingdoms. I don't need that. I kind of I agree. I'd like to go. What do you think? Yeah. I'd like to go to other kingdoms, but I'd be worried because our Hyrule is such a huge map, such a huge world that if you had other kingdoms, they would also be huge and you'd want to explore all of them. Like, it's already overwhelming. And at least for me, and maybe some people don't feel this way, but Hyrule is very overwhelming. You want to explore every nook and cranny. That's why they put the 900 Koroks <laughs> in there. Um, and it's already a lot. So I kind of feel like traveling to other kingdoms they would have to scale it down in some way i wouldn't be opposed to hyrule expanding though like if you go to the far northern end of the map you can look across that giant gap mm -hmm. and see more land over there if we could put a bridge there and like expand that'd be pretty cool though yeah uh i i agree with that i i kind of agree with this in in a way i i truly believe that we're gonna get some kind of dark world in breath of the wild 2 and so i would absolutely love to travel to that twisted version of hyrule so like kind of a different kingdom but not quite 
um, where it can be a, a kind of like your dark reflection of um, the, the Hyrule that Breath of the Wild gave us. So I, I really think that we are going to get that in Breath of the Wild 2. And so that excites me to explore um, presumably new additional parts of Hyrule we haven't before, but also like parts that we have, but flipped on their head. So I, I think that that is really interesting to me. And I, I think that that'll happen. That's my working theory for Breath of the Wild 2. So we'll, we'll see if that happens. I actually, um, I actually think we probably won't get that. Um, because if, if you remember the concept art for Breath of the Wild had, Hyrule Castle like floating above and Ganon on top of it, Ganondorf on top of it. And then the Breath of the Wild 2 trailer ends with Hyrule Castle like looking like it's going to lift from the ground. So what I feel like probably will happen is we'll end up getting Hyrule being changed some. Maybe the landscape is devastated so it's it's not it's the same area but it feels a lot different that seems like the compromise on what they're going to do in the second game and i would be i would be down for that too i think that i think that i want basically i want the same world but different like almost like almost like the upside down in stranger things like when you're like just have something familiar but then have it be different and if it's a dark world or if it's ganon uh doing whatever he's doing at the end of the trailer and, and twisting and corrupting this new rebuilt world i'm totally down for that mm-hmm. um okay let's get to the last well actually our second last because tony we, we're gonna let you have your own pick here but this one is from me and i said that i want to have breath of the wild to resolve the single biggest plot hole from breath of the wild I feel like an old man yelling into the clouds because there is nobody in the world who cares about this except for me, but I just find it <laughs> so ridiculous that this has not been addressed. So let me let me just lay it out for you guys here. You can tell me what you think. So Breath of the Wild tells us that 10,000 years ago, the Sheikah created the Guardians and Divine Beasts to defeat Calamity Ganon, which they did, which is fantastic. Um, fast forward to 100 years before the events of Breath of the Wild, and Calamity Ganon has returned. But now Calamity Ganon suddenly has this ability to commandeer all of the Guardians and the Divine Beasts. How? How did he get that? And if he always had that, why didn't he just do it 10,000 years ago? I feel like nobody cares about this, and they're just like, Spateri, he just figured it out in his 10,000 year sleep. But I, I hate it. I want answers. Am I am I crazy? I, do you do you guys I care mean, about this? What? It's basic evolution. It's been ten thousand one hundred years Ugh. that he's been stewing, you know, sealed, and he's like, they've got these tools to defeat me, just like they did. So how am I gonna fix that? How am I gonna make sure that they can't, you know, seal me away again with those tools? But but, but, oh, I'm but that take goes over them. that goes back to calamity again because like, what is it even? Is it a sentient being that can think like that? We're not told that he is. So like, how is he able to figure out? Like, oh, I cracked the code. I'm gonna, I'm gonna inject my my malice into these guardians. I ah. Well, maybe like you said earlier, maybe that's where the the um origin, more origin story or lore behind Clamant again, it would explain how he was able to do that. Yes. Yeah, I always took it as you know when he decided to become Calamity Ganon and essentially become this like thoughtless being um that his that's when the malice like took over everything um but you're right it's not 
ever told that. That's all just speculation. Um, so I would definitely, hopefully we get some explanation uh, of some kind in the second game. Man, even if it was just something as stupid as like, um, oh yeah, we used the the takeover device and that's how we did it. Like <laughs> if it's just one throwaway line that they give that explains how they did this, I would love to have some explanation. Even if they were just like, maybe maybe like uh, 10,000 years prior, it was Ganondorf, like the guy, but they just called him Calamity Ganon. And after he was defeated and turned into the the vapor Calamity Ganon, that's how he can, like, give me something, you know, give me, give me anything. Yeah, it could take like a 30 second clip in like the start of the next game where it shows maybe Ganondorf get defeated and then he just kind of explodes into this giant Calamity Ganon cloud and it shows the malice spread over Hyrule quickly and take control of all of the Guardians. It, it wouldn't take yes. much at all. Like, oh, okay, I am Ganondorf. I give up my physical body in order to take control of these Guardians and Vine Beasts. That's that's all I need. That's all I want. Give me something. Please give me something. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my pick. And uh, I feel like I've been complaining about this for three years. And every time I do, people roll their eyes at me. But, man... <laughs> I just, I, I gotta know. I want to know. Um, so that's the end of our list over at Zelda Dungeon. But uh, Tony, did you have anything that uh, you wanted to see changed in Breath of the Wild 2? Oh, and I'm about to come with a hot take. So I expect to hear back Here from we go. this one. I want a fully voice acted Link. I know that he has often been a stand-in for the character, Um but for 30 years now, we've played as this character, and he's he's grown. You know, with Wind Waker, he had his own personality. He just didn't say it verbally. And and when we when we play Breath of the Wild, we we see that he's responding to these people. We just don't hear him say it. So he already has his own personality. I would love that expanded at least one time because in order to flesh out even the romance with Zelda or just more character development. I feel like it's inevitable at some point. Um, I really want to see a more expanded link. So we really get a feel of who he is as a character. That That is a hot take. Allison, <laughs> do you have any hot take thoughts back? Um, I mean, I'm kind of in agreement, but I'm really nervous <laughs> about it because yes. you, ha you have to have the right voice for Link and you're not going to be able to make everyone. It's just like impossible to make everyone happy. But the two times, and I know that, I know that this isn't directly Nintendo's fault for the most part, but like the two times that we've had the voice Link, we've had the cartoon and the CDI Link, and those are don't awful. don't do disparage the good name of CDI Link and the cartoon Link, Allison. Yeah, you said. Oh my God! Okay, listen. They're what they say does not age well. Like they're hilarious. It's great. It's so funny. I love it. But when you really think about it, it is so cringy. The the stuff that Cartoon Link says, and I'm really scared. So you said we didn't have the perfect, or you were scared about the perfect voice Link, but we got that with "Excuse me, princess." No, God, no! I would be so upset if we had something like that again. Like it's. It's it's funny for what it is, but we don't need mm -hmm. it. <laughs> totally agree. Uh, you know, I I think that that was a good way to put it. I wouldn't be against it, but I'm nervous. Um, uh, yeah. You know, here's here's actually a scenario that I think would work. Uh, I think that 
perhaps you kind of slowly introduce Link as a talking character. Maybe you you go through the entirety of Breath of the Wild 2 and like, you know, at the end of the game, how you usually have like kind of your, some characters kind of give their goodbye speeches or their monologues or, or whatever. Maybe Zelda can be uh, talking to Link and like Link will say a singular word back and it's the first time he's ever <laughs> spoken, but like it's a powerful word and that's like how the game ends. I could be totally down for that. Um, I, I wouldn't mind Link if he started talking because I think that we're long past the the idea that Link is a player avatar and like he is his own character now. Um, but yeah. you have to use it in reserve. Uh, again, going back to Metroid here, um, Samus talks, but like very, very sparingly. Like she doesn't say anything more than she needs to with the exception of like Metroid Other M and Metroid Fusion, which she talks way too much, which doesn't work as much for me. So I think that you could kind of do the same thing with link where like you can have him talk but just when he talks it needs to be impactful so i actually i don't mind this suggestion at all it just makes me like allison said a little bit nervous because um we've never seen it before so Uh, yeah yeah. i would really love for us to not know going into the game if they do this to not know at all nintendo doesn't tell us and then you know towards the end of the game maybe ganondorf you know, steals Zelda, he captures her, and we hear Link cry out for her for the first time ever. I want it to be a very powerful moment, and it doesn't need to be much, but it would be it would be a game-changing moment if Link actually had some dialogue in one of these games. Man, what about, what about this example? So you were laying that out, and I was kind of thinking of, like, very impactful words, but, like, not saying very much. So going back to Lord of the Rings here, and I'm going back to Lord of the Rings because I just rewatched them all, Man, if if he, if Link had a, like a line or a piece of dialogue at the end of the game that was something akin to like when Frodo is about to destroy the ring, but he's just like the ring is mine and he just takes it. And no, I'm not suggesting Link do something evil like that. <laughs> but like if it was just like a small little line like that, and you're like, oh my god, like it's on. He's about to fight Gandorf for like something. I, I think that that would be really. It would cool. be so powerful. I totally agree. Uh, all right, so that's a that's a ballsy pick there, Tony. But I'm I'm glad that you suggested it. I I found this pick from our dear friend Gooey Fame in the comment section of this, which I'm going to read off for you. He says they should add a Tony Hawk style trick system to shield surfing. <laughs> God bless Gooey Fame. You know, it uh, would be cool if there were a couple of tricks. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be Tony yeah. Hawk expanded, but maybe a kickflip or something now and then. Maybe we could get Link's uh, skate, Link's pro skater or something like that. Who knows? <laughs> um, but that's gonna do it for um, this list. Uh, I had a lot of uh, I had a lot of fun kind of chatting about the things that we might see in Breath of the Wild too. Um, before we get out of here, Tony, tell everyone again where they can check you out over on YouTube. Yeah, I'm on YouTube and Twitter as Lower Legend. On Twitter, I usually just post some crazy memes and uh, speculate about upcoming games. I, I wait for Nintendo directs just like the rest of everybody else. And that's usually what I talk about. And uh, yeah, I hope to see some of y'all. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to give Tony a pat on the back too, because you see a lot of people that are out there like tweeting like, Oh, Nintendo leaks and Nintendo this, and they have absolutely no, no credibility when they say that. But Tony, like, literally does the research i saw him post uh, about nintendo directs and he used facts and and research from nintendo's site and then lo and behold we had that nintendo direct a couple days later the mini direct or whatever it was so um it, you you can differentiate uh, his work from a lot of the other work out there i feel like so yeah it's not it's um, not because yeah, i got insider knowledge i just 
uh, I'm obsessed, so I just dig through the weeds and find stuff, and then I have to tell other people about it. So uh, thanks for that. Uh, you know what? That's more than a lot of other people do. <laughs> totally. So that's uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Fair. Uh, it was great having you on the show this week, Tony. We're yeah. going to have to do this again. Yeah, thanks for having me a ton. This was a blast. Absolutely. Um, Allison, thank you as always. I'm sure that you must be tired after last night's activities, and frankly, so am I. <laughs> so we are going to go ahead and uh, get on out of here. Of course, we want you to check us out over on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, you know the drill, wherever you get your podcasts, like and subscribe. Uh, Leave us a five-star review if you think we've earned it. And of course, tell a friend about the Champions cast and where they can get their Zelda fix. We have our Black Lives Matter donation open for another week. So uh, if you want to check that out, head on over to ZeldaDungeon.net. The link is uh, posted right on the front page there. Um, That's going to do it for us. You can check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Allison is at Allison Letha, and Tony is at Low Rule Legend. Until next week, gang, we will see you then.